On today's episode, I chatted with Aaliyah Kolok, who's a motorsport driver. She drives really fast cars in some of the most incredible and difficult rallies in the world. She's participated in the Dakar Rally twice, which for those of you who, like me, might not know much about it, it spans about two weeks. She was driving through the desert, on sand dunes, on rocks, basically alone with her navigator in the middle of the desert, in a car, trying to find her way to the other side and doing it really fast, all while trying to make sure her car doesn't break down as well. As of recording this, on the afternoon of the 19th of January, Aaliyah is a provisional 25th in the ultimate category in the 2024 rally. This experience, unsurprisingly, lends itself to big life lessons as well. Aaliyah and I talked about the things she's learned at age 19, being a professional athlete at the top of her game, about how she stays calm and centered and grounded while doing a really difficult thing for a long period of time, how she trains for something like that as well, not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally, how she finds ways to keep going despite injury, despite failure, despite not knowing what the next race will hold, and what we can all learn from the challenges she has had to overcome, work through, and get to the other side of. I really loved this conversation with Aaliyah. It was so full of laughter, so full of realness, and just advice that felt usable and not big, lofty, distant things that only elite athletes could take away from. So I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I've enjoyed having this conversation. And I hope like me, after listening to this, you're cheering Aaliyah on in every rally going forward as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank um, you for having me. <laughs> so to get us started, we don't like to define people. We let people define themselves and introduce themselves how they want the viewers and listeners to know themselves. So define yourself, introduce yourself however you want people to know you. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Alia Kolok. I'm 19 years old and I race cars. I'm a racing driver. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm a big fan, so I'm really excited you're here. So to get us started, I, I wanted to ask you just about your journey into where you're at right now. You come from a family of athletes, of race car drivers. Like When you were little, did you, did you know this was what you wanted to do? Was this always your dream where you were like looking up to your parents and like, I want to do what they're doing eventually? Like, what was it like? Um, well, when I was younger... I was on a completely different path since I was four years old. I was uh, playing tennis. So uh, for years, I was working to become a professional tennis player. But then uh, when I was, I think, 14, 15, I got a knee injury that uh, prevented me from continuing. So uh, at the such I was uh, one point with my father because he's in motorsports. So uh, I uh, started to go with him more to his to his work and testings. And uh, just one day I decided to, to actually try and drive and it went pretty well. And then uh, since then, I've been just nonstop driving. <laughs> and when when you got injured um, with the tennis injury, were you like thinking I need to find another path? Were you like, oh, oh no, like this big dream is done. I need to figure something else out. Or was it just like a I'm going to go hang out with my dad and see what happens as it does. Like, were you very chill about it or were you like trying to figure out the next thing? Uh, no, yeah. Since when I stopped playing tennis, it was for sure one of the, the hardest few months of my life because uh, tennis, it was very time consuming with training and everything. And I based every every day for 
10 years around tennis. So when I stopped, it was uh, really difficult. So it took some time to adjust, but um, I always loved, loved motorsport when I went with my father before. So uh, then we just slowly decided that I will start going with him to his work. And then uh, eventually it just became, became into motorsport. <laughs> And what, what did you, like, that first time when you drove the car and you were like, oh, there's maybe something here for me, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? Was it like a, a return to tennis? Was it something entirely different for you? What was it like? Um, I think it was um, for sure very different. <laughs> in t in the motorsport, you have a much more adrenaline than tennis, so uh, it was a very exciting experience. I had a a lot of support to support that day. The first time I went driving, a lot of help. And um, I didn't really think much of it, but uh, people around me, they were surprised with how, how well I did. So then I think it just became a, became a sign that, uh, yeah, I'm going to pursue this career. And, and in the, in pursuing this career, we were talking before we started recording about like, you do a lot of training, which for people who aren't who aren't in it or who don't know a lot about it, we have no concept of like what your training schedule looks like and what it actually takes to like reach the start line, not even the finish line, right? And I'm curious mm -hmm. about what, what does it like, what does training actually look like for you? Um, so training is a mix of, mix of everything. You need to be good in many different areas, physically, mentally. So uh, it's a lot of, a lot of different things in one. You got to do cardio strength to get your endurance because then sometimes you're, for example, in the next rally I'm going to do, it's the hardest, hardest rally in the world. So you need a lot of endurance to go through like, I think seven, seven hours in the day, more or less. So uh, it's very physically demanding and especially mentally being focused and being agile and um, in such speeds. You have to keep focus. So if you get tired, you lose your concentration. It could be be dangerous. So uh, it's a lot of mixed training and uh, also reaction training. Very important for racing drivers and neck training. Those are, like, <laughs> I think, every racing driver would tell you your neck is for sure something that we don't love to train, but it's very very important. High speeds and yeah, yeah. Yes. It sounds like every, you're training basically every part of your mind and body to do the most that's possible. Yeah. There, that's basically basically it. And the like when you're this is maybe a stupid question, but when you're driving for those seven hours, do you is there any break or is it like seven hours straight that you go? Uh, yeah, we do get uh, some breaks. There is different categories, so each category has different amount of time. So, for example. This year, I will not have as many breaks as last year because it's a different category because there's like a, a refueling in the middle in the uh, like the Canam I did. There was a refueling in the middle where we had 20 minutes to to recuperate, eat, you know, refuel, refuel the car. And uh, this year, I think I'll have, if I'm correct, three minutes. So <laughs> a little bit of time, but yeah, we do get breaks. And then, of course, when you have a car problem, then you're stopped and... <laughs> And you have a break from driving as well. That doesn't sound like a break. That just sounds like stressful. Yeah, it's very stressful for sure. <laughs> I do not recommend, no. What's going through your mind when, like, if you have car problems, like I was reading about and watching stuff about Dakar and you had problems 
which everyone does, I imagine, through the race where you have to stop and fix something in the car. Like, are you still in the zone where you have to keep thinking about the, like, you have to keep your head in the game, basically, and not think about, oh, this could happen, that could happen. Because I know for me, my my anxious mind would go to, like, all the worst case scenarios in the five minutes that we had a break. Yeah, yeah, that that comes across my mind a lot, honestly. I mean, it depends on, on which the problem is. Like, if you have a, a puncture, then it's pretty easy and quick to fix. But, for example, we had a, a technical problem that was not very, very easy to fix when you're in the middle of nowhere. So, uh, for sure, it it breaks your concentration, especially if it keeps on happening. Because if it happens, you know, one or two times, it you can get back in your momentum. But if it keeps on happening, then it gets... Uh, really difficult. So I think this year in Dakar, it really tested. I surprised myself with how mentally, mentally okay I was doing. <laughs> and also I had a, a really great navigator who, who helped me a lot and he has a lot of experience in Dakar. So I think that's for sure very, very important to have. And what are you thinking about? Like, how are you, when you're in those moments and you're like, you're, you're standing your ground and you're kind of staying steady, like, what are you thinking about or what advice is your navigator giving you? What What's going through your mind? I get very um, nervous. So he most of the time tells me to breathe and relax. And uh, when we're in these uh, situations, we we train it beforehand. Like when we get a puncture, we so we know what to do. So we try and work together. So uh, it's difficult to keep, you know, level-headed because you're in a very difficult situation. But uh, I try, I try very hard to, to uh, stay relaxed and uh, think of uh, what I can do to, to help in my capability. And is that like, is that what the, the training also looks like for you? Because I'm curious about, I feel like we could all do with some resilience training in our lives. And like, what, what does the training look like in terms of like the mental side of it when you're preparing for the next rally and you're thinking about this is what like the training regime looks like or this is the stuff that I know I need to work on. What does that look like for you generally? Um, well, to train for the Dakar rally specifically, uh, it was um, it was for sure really the most important rally I needed to train my, my mental. Um, I think if it's very, at least for me, difficult to train it unless I'm in the actual situation because you can never really replicate like the the pressure you're having when you're actually in the rally but uh you know training your trying to stay mentally calm keep your heart rate down um i also have really great help from people to help me have some exercises before i before i get in the car to to get in the zone and um and yeah so i think it also comes with a, a lot of experience with with driving that it also improves your your mental your men yourself mentally really just like a thing of you've seen it before so you know you can get through it is that what's yeah what's... yeah that's what i'm thinking i i managed to make it through one dakar so i think this year i i know what i'm capable of and i think with the more experience i get it could just just get better i'm hoping and what kinds of don't, don't have to like share trade secrets here but i'm curious if there's things that we could all take away from like before you're getting in the car like what kinds of exercises are you doing to like get your head in the game, to get in the zone and like calm yourself down? Um, well, for me, I would say it's important to breathe because I always, when I'm in this situation, I forget to, you know, take a deep breath. So uh, 
I try and do that and just think of think of what I'm doing because I tend to think of everything else around me, like the people who's watching me and the media and the, all that. So I try to put it all in, in bubbles and push away the things that's not important to me and just focus on, on the racing. Or for example, in circuits, it's different because I have like an actual track. So I try to visualize where what I'm gonna do, where I'm gonna break, and where I'm gonna specifically work on. So uh, in rally and circuits, it's a little bit different, but generally it's the same, just a little different. And how does it? This is again maybe a stupid question. Like I can maybe wrap my head around. I'm not the kind of I can like stay focused for a few hours, and then my brain goes all kinds of directions. But you have like every day, but also something like Dakar, you're going for 15 days at a stretch. Like, are there things you do at the end of the day to to regroup, to, like, ground yourself at all? To, like, do you have that moment where you think about all the things that you haven't been thinking about through the day? Like, how do you get through day by day where it obviously builds up, right? Yeah, for sure. By the, by the, by the end, you're mentally, mentally finished. <laughs> at least for me, I was, I was really tired. But, uh, you know, every day after the stage... The thing that I was always most excited was to see my team at the end because in the middle of the day, it also gets very lonely. So seeing my, my team and my father at the end of the day was for sure always the, the highlight. And uh, I think after the rally, I stopped thinking about all the unnecessary things I was putting off and just try and focus and recover for the next day because you don't have a lot of time. So, you know, get the physio in, read the the guide for the next day so uh it's for sure for sure a lot to think about but uh yeah i think with more experience it'll become become easier and is there you mentioned the loneliness which was something i wanted to ask about now but like maybe you don't feel that because you're so like you know where you know there are people in front of you you know there are people behind you but you're just like in the desert on your own basically in a car with someone else but like you're, you're on your own you guys are on your own in the the vast desert what does, mm -hmm. what's going through your mind at that point? Like, what are you thinking about? What does it feel like for those of us who, who are never going to have that experience? Uh, for sure. It's, well, it's a lot of freedom, but you know, at in the beginning, it's, it's really, really cool, really fun, you know, because uh, I've never been in like this situation driving so many kilometers in a day, but uh, I specifically remember one time I was in the, the desert. <laughs> And I just went on top and I just see just so much desert, no, no sign of civilization. <laughs> it was just, just me and my navigator in the middle of the desert. And I would just remember, oh my God, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> it was so, I don't know why I remember this specifically, but just seeing just, just so much sand everywhere and the sign of no life was just, yeah, it was very, it was a reality check for sure. <laughs> like obviously I don't do you get worried about you don't get worried about getting lost because you have a navigator you have GPS but there's a sense of like how I imagine it there's a little bit of like how in the world did I end up here right like so far away from all all the other people in the world that, that came across that in my head one or two times but uh yeah it and especially when you like have a mechanical problem in the middle of nowhere and you know I'm not the I wouldn't call myself a really top mechanic. I know the basics, but I don't know every little detail of the car. So, you know, those those situations, it gets uh, pretty, yeah, it gets really nerve-wracking. 
I can imagine. And I imagine there's also something about like, you do work with a team and you aren't like, it isn't just you alone, but there's like, there must be a loneliness. I, I'm assuming from like, there are all the people on the outside, the media, the, the people watching who are very much on the outside. They like, don't know what it's like to, to be doing the one doing the driving and like be in your shoes. And there are other pe- people who are racing, but very few of them who are young women like you are. And how, like, how do you, how do you get through that? Like what's, what advice have you gotten or like what do you think about like what helps you uh yeah motorsport is a is a team sport but it for sure gets gets lonely because you're the the one in those those stressful situations um but i have a really great group of people who who help me and um yeah i have support from a few top top racers in the car who i'm really grateful for and uh, slowly we're seeing also more more girls in the sport, which is really, really nice to see. And uh, I had a chance even to race with one of the the best best ladies in Dakar Rally this year. So it was uh, for sure one of the biggest highlights of my, my Dakar and for sure helped motivated me to, to get better and uh, keep on fighting in the same level as her. And is there ever a thing in motorsport where we've heard it from other athletes where people will say things about like, you know, being one of the few women or the few girls in the sport, you like kind of have a sisterhood of of people who come together and you're trying to change things because you want space for more girls, but also like you're coming up against things just aren't built for you necessarily. Like the, (laughs) it's often like it's the mechanics of things or it's like things aren't built for for women's bodies things aren't built like with girls in consideration and there's like a, a navigating that that has to happen and it's much easier when there are people together doing it and it's not just you on your own but i'm curious about if that has been your experience if that's something you've had to deal with or you've had a lot of support around you and people other people like having fighting those fights for you and with you um well on the mechanical side i don't think i really had that problem because the cars i drive is um I'd say is not very specific compared to I'd say formulas where it gets get where it needs to be really personalized. But um, no, I had a, a really great group of people to help me, and I've been I've been race I've been racing with also some ladies around in the. I think in my first year of racing, I was racing with one other girl in trucks, which was for sure very very nice, and. Uh, no, but my father he been helping me a lot since I started racing and. Uh, He's been helping me to to feel comfortable and support me and uh, push me. And uh, for sure, without him, it would be much more difficult. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. And what kinds of advice, like when you think about when you're in a tough moment or you're stressed out, like is there advice your father has given you or advice that anyone else has given you that you turn to and you're like, okay, yeah, this this grounds me. Like this is a, a good reminder. Um, well, I would say I get a lot of advice that I can't remember at said moment, <laughs> but, uh, no, I just, the most, honestly, the most advice that I would say when I'm in these really tricky situations is, is to breathe. That's what everyone is always reminding me to do. <laughs> so I would say it's pretty, no one really pays attention about it, but I'd say it's very, very important. It's very overlooked. But uh, no, I get I can't remember all the advice right now because my memory is completely clouded. But <laughs> no, but yeah, <laughs> I have 
I have a very good, good support system. So they help me a lot. And again, this is something that I feel like with athletes of all kinds, you guys have to like go through things that most of us at some point in our lives deal with in terms of like coming up against you've been injured several times and had to deal with like you, your bo- we all have bodies that we rely on, but like your body is what you rely on to do your job. And also like working through the injury emotionally as well is like a big thing, right? Like, a, okay, you know, I've injured a part of my body, but I still need to, I need to like go through rehab. I need to like get to the other side of this. And there is another side, hopefully. And mm-hmm. I'm curious about like what that journey has been like for you. Uh, yeah, so uh, for sure, since I think tennis, I had the most, the biggest struggle with injuries because tennis is a very physically demanding sport. So in tennis, I had a lot of those really tough situations with getting injuries a lot. Uh, in racing, I was fortunate enough not to have as many injuries. I did have a few that was, um, that was really, it took a while to recover. <laughs> But uh, I had a lot of help again, and um, it was nothing too too serious. So I think so far in my racing career, I managed well with the injuries. Oh, I mean, you absolutely have. I think it's it's also from the outside something that is so impressive because for those of us who aren't professional athletes, like you have a setback and you're like, okay, well, you know, this is this is the end of my career. Like I. Something didn't work out. This is the end and I don't know how I'm going to get ahead. And it's really, it's really inspiring to look at someone like you who's been like, okay, something happened. Let me, let me try something else or let me do it a different way or let me do the work to get back to the starting line, which is so hard sometimes to know that that's, that's something you just have to do. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're in, in the middle of a competition and get an injury. So having to, to quit and focus on your health first for sure gets that. Uh, really difficult. It happened to me one time with an elbow injury that I was in the getting ready for my next race, but uh, then we had to make the decision to, to not do it. So it was a, in those situations, gets, it gets very tough. Sure. Do you ever get frustrated when, like with, I know I get frustrated with my body and I'm not an athlete. I don't have to like rely on my, my body and be uninjured all the time, but I know I get very frustrated when I'm like, why can't like why can't things just work as they're supposed to, right? Like why do I have to do whatever to like fix fix an injury or like get back up to speed and like how, yeah. how do you deal with that frustration? Uh yeah, I think for sure that that part is uh, I think everybody struggles with it with if you're an athlete or not. Your body always doesn't do what you want it to do. So <laughs> I think I think we all need to to find a way to cope with it. It's not not easy because it's um yeah, you're, you have one body, you know, you need to take care of it. Health comes first. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we all need to, to you know, take care of ourselves and give give our body a break sometimes because <laughs> we need it. But we forget to do it. But it's, it's important. <laughs> and how do you like the other side of that? There's like all of this, I think, ties into expectations, right? Where I'm curious about whether you, you have like expectations from your fans. And I am curious about what, what that feels like. And then also, if you have, like, you come from a family of athletes and if you have faced expectations there as well, whether, like, good or bad, right, in terms of you're expected to compete 
as an athlete or you're expected to perform at a certain level and then we all have expectations of ourselves as well often some of the hardest it's like I want to achieve to this level I want to to do something at this level and for you it's very like it's very public facing it's very out there where you like land in the rankings of like how well you did in a rally or you know where you got to yeah. like what does that feel what does that look like for you and how do you how do you think through it how do you feel about it um well I would say I think I would say I put the the most pressure on myself compared to everybody <laughs> I'm always expecting myself to do something so I think I put the most um so far in my racing career I've been going car after car so it was always in the beginning so I think, well, at least that's what my, my team says. They're not expecting me to, you know, directly go on the top because you need a lot of experience, especially in racing. Experience is something you can't, you can't get. You just need years and years. So I'm still in, I think, my, my fourth year. So it's not, not a lot. <laughs> so uh, I think the more I'm going to be racing, I'm going to feel more pressure in uh, delivering results. But I think for now, I need to try and keep level-headed because this is going to be my my first my second Dakar but in a new car so it's going to be again something new to learn so I'm expect I'm of course expecting myself to do to do good so I put I'm putting pressure on myself a little bit but I think I don't know I never paid attention what the what the the fans are expecting of me to be honest I think then it'll be it'll be too much to <laughs> too much to process at once so I think I need to just focus on myself and what I'm doing and uh you know just just do my best and try and get a good result and is it is it overwhelming that like every every time it's something new basically like with a new car does it does it feel like it's an overwhelming thing or does it is it an exciting thing or is it a this is again like a naive question from someone who's never raced like a new car sounds really exciting but it also sounds really stressful because you have to learn an entirely new everything it sounds like yeah it it is <laughs> for sure it, it gets very overwhelming you know a car it's all of them generally the same but it you know it works differently and then in rally you need to learn the mechanics of the car so you need you know how to fix it so it gets for sure very very overwhelming and uh it's not not easy to go from from car to car always like how i've been doing but uh i think since i started i've been um changing cars so much that I became pretty pretty comfortable with adapting to different cars so this year I think was the biggest jump I've made because in my in rally I never I don't think I ever race in different car compared to the buggy so I think this year I made the the biggest jump so it's been very very overwhelming but I'm hoping in the end it's gonna gonna pay off <laughs> it also is like striking that in every sport, there's every everything in life and every sport, it's not just like how you compete, right? Like there are conditions outside of yourself and there are, there are the other people competing as well. But with racing, like you're also dependent on the car and it's not mm -hmm. just you, it's like a, well, the car isn't working as expected or, you know, there's a car issue. And that must, I, I imagine that must be frustrating, but like, what is that? What does that feel like? How do you, how do you deal with it emotionally as well? Oh yeah, those the, those gets really really tricky. You know, you need to be one with the car, but of course the car is a machine, so anything can happen. So uh, yeah, it gets very frustrating, and you need to. I'm doing endurance, so you need to always find the the balance between fast and safe, not to break your car. So I think it's something that I'm still still working on, 
because it takes really a lot to actually to learn this. So uh, it's not easy. <laughs> in the car, we've been especially, yeah, like in the car, we've been having so many problems. So it's for sure by the end of it, you're so frustrated and tired. But um, yeah, again, years and years of experience. And then I think even after that, you're going to have car problems, but I think you're going to know how to adapt and adjust your driving. And yeah, in the end of the day, it's just a, just a machine and you, you get, you have to deal with it. You seem so patient with your car where, and like with everything where I'm so in awe of that, because I know if I were in your shoes, I'd be like, I just, I want to get, I know I'm like that in my own life. Like, I know I need experience. And the only thing that gives you experience is time. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I speed up time? I want to be on the yeah. other side of like, I want to have those five years of experience. I don't want to live five years to get to that side. Mm -hmm. You seem so calm with it and like, so at ease with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think when I started, that's what everyone been telling me that I need experience. And it never actually really sunk in because I was also like rushing, like, I want to do good already. You know, I've been driving this already for so long, but I want to do good already now. And why am I not faster than the other guys? But uh, I think now I'm seeing, I'm seeing I need a lot of experience and it takes a lot of time and patience. So um, <laughs> patience is for sure not my strong suit, but uh, I'm working on it. It's been getting better the past few years. <laughs> It seems like you're very patient from the outside, and I'm so impressed with that. It's more like fake it till you make it, you know? <laughs> I get that. I very much get that. It's also, it sounds like, tell me if I'm wrong, but like the, the, like the balance between like fast and safe and things like that, like people can, from like your father, your coaches can tell you, guide you, but it's something you also just like will know with time how yeah. much you can push, and there's like no science to it necessarily, but just like exactly. That's the most difficult to find the the perfect balance. In in like in the sprint races, you don't need to think of think of balance. You just need to be as fast as possible and try and beat the guy who's in front of you in circuits. But uh, in rally and in long long endurance races in circuits, you need to find the balance, and then it gets it gets so tricky. I'm I'm so impressed with the other guys who have so much experience, and they're like they're so fast, but then their car is safe and. Yeah, in a few years, I'm I'm hoping to be like that. It's it's also like you have years ahead of you, right? You you don't have to do everything right now. I guess that's where part of the patience comes from. Yeah, that's that's what I need to I need to remember. It's not it's not now, but it's it's a long journey. It's a process. And what are you like most excited about right now? Looking into the next year and like what what you have coming up. What's ex what's the most exciting to you? I think for sure it would be driving the new car in rally. <laughs> That's very exciting. And this Dakar, it's going to be, I know, very difficult, but I'm very excited. It's, you know, the highest level in rally you can do. So driving that, I'm still, still, it's still so surreal for me because this car is, it's so big and so fast and being able to drive it. And next year I'll be driving it all year is going to be very exciting. And of course, there's the GT races with my teammates that I love very much. So for sure, it's going to be very fun. <laughs> and what are you most nervous about or anxious about? Like what scares you the most? For sure, the Dakar rally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most exciting with the most stress for sure. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's like level, level. 
it's exciting, but it's it's honestly a little scary, to be honest with you. What about it feels scary? I think, you know, have not knowing what's going to come next. I think that's part of the excitement, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Anything can happen in the middle of nowhere, and it's two weeks long, so you know you're gonna bound to have problems at some point. But you know you don't know how big or or small, so you don't know how you can fix it already. So the not knowing what comes next is for sure uh, very. It's making me nervous, but I think that's for sure part of the excitement. And you know it's my second Dakar already, so I know what I'm capable of. <laughs> So I think that for sure gives me give me confidence going into to this next one. And if you think about like what advice you would give to younger you, like fourteen year old you who's tried to drive a car for the first time, or someone who's watching or listening to this, right, and is like setting out to do a big scary thing, or taking mm -hmm. a leap into the unknown, or into a space where, as you said, you don't know what's going to happen. What advice would you give the person who's listening to this? I think I would say don't overthink it and and whatever happens happens and you just need to adapt and and do your best. That's you, I think yeah. You tend to overthink things. Is that why? Everything. Yes. <laughs> that's I think my biggest problem. So I think that would be my my biggest advice for myself. Don't overthink it because I think I'm the the master of overthinking. <laughs> I mean, it's also hard when there's so much out of your control, right? And you are in a very scary and overwhelming situation. Yeah, exactly. So just to, to be present and focus on what you're doing is, I think, the most most important. Good advice. <laughs> Solidly good advice, I think, for all of us. I think so, yeah. yeah. It works in life, too. Just breathe and don't overthink things. I like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sounding like a very relaxed person, but it's something that I'm still working on. <laughs> you sound very relaxed and very patient, so you've got it figured out. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. In a few years, you'll see me very chill, hopefully, before. Like, with the proper amount of nerves, you know? Not overdoing it, because I think nerves is good, but just not too much. <laughs> I mean, it would be wild to me if you weren't a little bit scared doing the kinds of things yeah. you do, right? Yeah, I would think, I think that's a pretty sane thing to think. Being nervous, being scared, you know, the ones who doesn't, then I'm, I'm impressed by that, honestly. For me, is if you're not nervous, then you don't care enough. At least that's what I heard. So little that nerves is good. I also like you driving in the car, it's, it's scary. Like you're in the desert on your own. Dude, yeah, it's almost impossible thing. It it feels like you wouldn't be aware of what you were getting into if you weren't a little bit scared and a little bit nervous. Yeah, for sure. I think the Dakar going into it, I was very scared because I was there, attended it the few years before that. I was able to see it in, in person, but uh, I never realized, you don't really realize how hard it is until you actually experience it. So, uh, now I have that, that one, one experience and uh, it'll just get better from there. <laughs> and is it, is it difficult? Like you can't, you said before as well, you can't really train for something without like doing it in some sense, right? Like the, the best practice is doing it. And obviously you mm -hmm. aren't like going out and driving the course every, every two months. So how, like, how are you preparing yourself knowing that you can't like do the, 
do the thing to prepare for it, basically. Yeah, well, I I would the best thing. It's always good to get as most most kilometers possible, driving and driving. Even though it's not in these situations, it's always good to get some some driving. And um, once you're in the actual actual situation, it's always very hard to it's very hard to replicate it. But um, I th I would say say I think the first one is always the hardest once you take that first leap, and then. Um, then you know what where to what to work on specifically. Like for me, for example, I know I need to drive more on the rocks because I have completely almost no experience on there. And uh, this year I got a lot of lot of punches from from this terrain. So like I know what to work on from from experience it experiencing it. But um, yeah, replicating the actual actual pressure and the the nerves and being in the middle of nowhere is. It just comes with doing this race many, many times. <laughs> it's like, again, the patience thing and the experience it's thing. patience thing and the experience. That's, <laughs> I feel like in other sports, you know, it's important, but you have your physical capability. Like, I don't know, in tennis, you, it's also experience, but then you see these young guys coming in, but I don't know, in racing, you need a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much more that feels outside your control in some sense where yeah that's 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 the thing i think all these older guys now they're somewhat level-headed and when they're in the situations they know how to react and adapt so quickly so yeah i think that's why we see all these top guys are older <laughs> more wise more experienced <laughs> i mean they've like they've dealt with the terrain as well right like it's not just the yeah. car also you're not like you're not on a road that's just going it's on a circuit it's not like you know exactly what what yeah. it's going to be like i would say rally drivers are very special kind of drivers because circuits you you have the track and you have your your team next to you so whatever happens you have help with you but rally you need to be you need to be good in or at least yeah, you need to be good in in every every field. You need to be a good mechanic. You need to be able to to drive, navigate. I mean, I don't navigate, but you need to have some sense of where you're going. So, uh, in rally, is for sure a very special special group of people. You you have to do it all. It sounds like. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> that's what it feels like. Like you have a very uh you have really good mechanics but then when you're in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the day and you have no help then you need to rely on yourself and your navigator so uh that's where you need to be good in all fields but for sure the mechanics has also a lot of stress especially my father he this year he's <laughs> I think he was so stressed when I was out he didn't know where I was <laughs> by the end of the day he was so happy and even once or two times he was crying really so I never actually think about how difficult it is for for the other guys as well. So for sure, very team sport. <laughs> it sounds, and it sounds like it's stressful for everyone involved because you're all at the end of the day up against the same thing, which is yeah. the possibility of the task. Yeah, exactly. And the mechanics also need to adapt. Sometimes they go with, with no sleep in the middle of the night when you have a problem and uh, they always need to, they get stressed. I think honestly, I would say being, like I was in both situations, I was driving and I was spectating and I don't know which is more nerve wracking because when you're driving, you're in the situation, you know, you know what's happening, but when you're spectating, you don't know what's happening. When you refresh, your car is stopped or you don't know if it's the signal or you don't know if, you know, 
So both both sides, I can understand the <laughs> the nerves, the pressure. Stressful all around. It's stressful all around. By the end of it, everyone's just released. All emotions is gone. So yeah. <laughs> Where like all the emotions are gone, you're just done. Yeah. I <laughs> I remember the, I mean, I wasn't able to, to drive the last day, unfortunately, but uh, seeing my, my teammates cross the line and everybody just after, you know, such a brutal two weeks, just, you know, relax and take a deep breath after that and see, let all their emotions out, I think was a, a very, it was like a, a very big team, team, team spirit, team bonding. We all were very happy to make it through it. And I think that's, that's the reason we always come back every year, having this, this team, team bonding, because uh, you're experiencing the, one of the hardest two weeks of your life, at least for me. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, very important to have a good group of people with you. And I imagine the, like the bonds you create in that time as well, where no one else is really ever going to understand what it's like other than the people who have done it with you yeah yeah exactly for sure it's uh you gain a lot of yeah a lot of friendships a lot of experience and um and looking forward for the next year <laughs> absolutely um so my last question for you so this is called little revolutions the idea being that there are lots of big things that we need to change that we need to take on in the world but like most of the most of the the changing things comes in like just doing the small things right the little revolutions like the daily stuff the breathing um and if if you had like one thing thinking about someone who's watching this listening to this who is trying to take on something which is their own equivalent of the dakar rally something that is like Mm -hmm. big overwhelming they want to make a change in the world make more space for themselves try something really hard um they don't know where to start what's what's like a little thing they can do or what's a little thing that you do that you could give advice to people. Oh, wow. Well, for sure, breaking it down into small steps is very important. Otherwise, it gets over overwhelming. Wait, what, what would I say? Let me think about it. I would say it's very important to have a good people around you because, you know, doing, doing it alone is, is even more difficult, I would say. So having good people around you to help guide you is uh, very important and and yeah I I don't know take it day by day step step by step <laughs> I would say that's that's important and make a plan and do something you don't expect be adventurous <laughs> I don't know get out <laughs> of your comfort zone I think that's important get out of your comfort zone you don't know what you're capable of, I guess. Is there anything else I should have asked you that I haven't asked you about? No, I don't have it. No, not at the moment. No. Great. Well, thank you for doing this then. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Aaliyah, for this wonderful conversation. And thank you for listening. To learn more about Aaliyah, her racing, to follow her, to go on this journey with her, check out our show notes. And thank you for listening to Little Revolutions, a podcast brought to you by Frida. I'm Masuma Ahuja, your host and head of content here at Frida. This episode was produced by Claire Richardson and Marta Mazur and edited by Holly Galloway.